You're listening to XVGM Radio. GM Radio, where the bits keep coming. I'm Mike. And I'm Justin. And this is episode 29, Mario RPG Games. Yes, we are going to focus specifically on the games that involve Mario and his cadre of characters. And, <laughs> cadre, uh, huh? Yeah, just a word that popped in my head. Yeah. But specifically the ones where you have the RPG elements, you level up, you do like you, you do damage as opposed to just jumping on, uh, on the Goombas and whatnot. Hmm. And this episode, as you well may know, is a special episode because it is our Patreon pick. Yeah, we have a special tier in our Patreon where you can pick your own theme for an episode. And so this comes courtesy to us from our patron Alex Messenger. So we want to thank him for suggesting Mario RPG games. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be covering pretty much almost every single Mario RPG game. Uh, in one way or another. And a lot of these I haven't played. Justin hasn't played <laughs> m- pr- probably less than I have. So I've seen a bunch of them played. Uh, okay. I mean, that, not that that really helps a whole lot, but like I've, sure. I've watched playthroughs uh, and whatnot of, yeah. I want to say, Thousand Year Thousand Year Door, yeah. And yeah. the one before that, is that just Paper Mario? Uh, yeah, that's yep, just yep. Paper Mario. Even though we don't have full not working knowledge of those games, because we haven't played every single one of them, uh, we are going to dive deep into the catalog of games and talk about their music and just kind of celebrate the Mario RPG series. Uh, I guess you could say also a Paper Mario series. When you say Mario RPG, you're specifically talking about Super Mario RPG, yes. Legend of the Seven Stars. Yes. Okay. So that's the only one that actually has the name Mario, Mario RPG. RPG. Oh, okay. Yeah, the rest... The Paper Mario games, which are very specific, because there's, like, the stylized and whatnot, sure. and you've got, like, Mario and Luigi Dream Team, or mm-hmm. Partners in Crime, which are not the paper style. Yeah. Uh, and I feel... I mean, not, not that they are continuations, because they, they don't truly feel like continuations off of the, you know, Square Nintendo collab. Sure. But they feel like they fit more in that... Mario world than they definitely than they do in the paper world. So I wasn't sure, sure if they were considered part of that or not. And there are some games that actually merge the two, and we're going to talk about one in nice. well now I guess. <laughs> so Mario and Luigi Paper Jam was what we came in on, and that came up for the 3DS in 2015. The track that we played was Ready for a New Adventure, and that has an exclamation point at the end. Wah wah wah. 
Ha, and that was by Yoko Shimamura. You're going to hear her name quite a bit. Yep. <laughs> and we will dive into her back catalog once and only once because yes. she is listed multiple times in this episode. Yeah, this franchise sort of, if you, if you consider <laughs> the Mario RPG games a franchise, uh, is, is kind of her baby. Uh, I yeah, mean, she's not musically composed, at least. Yeah, she's not composed on every single one of these, but most of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good chunk of them. So Mario and Luigi, Paper Jam, ready for a new adventure. What did you think of this track? I thought it was super, super happy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would call it saccharine sweet, but it was it was a little on the sugary side for me. Um, I yeah. I did like the uh, excessive use of a police whistle. <laughs> that is actually a throwback to Mario RPG. That that that's what I thought. Yeah. I, I, I do remember a lot of that in the yeah. original game. Mario um, RPG had a lot of like like a lot of those police whistles. So, but no, I felt like the this track felt like something that I would have heard in the Super Mario RPG. I could see that. Like if they remade Mario RPG and like put this song in, yeah, I could see that. I definitely love the throwback aspect with the police whistle. But the track, it's called Ready for a New Adventure, and that's what it feels like. It feels like you're jumping into the game brand new. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. So it's a great get up and go kind of track, (laughs) and that's what we're about to do is get up and go. Go. Good night, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Shortest episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. The game stars Mario and Luigi, and Luigi and Toad specifically. They go into Peach's castle, Mm -hmm. and they're uh, walking around. They go up into the attic, and they find this book. And the book, I don't know, Luigi bumbles and opens the book when he shouldn't have, I guess. And it has the entire Paper Mario world. Hmm. And so all the characters are, like, scattered, uh, (laughs) including Paper Bowser, uh, Paper Peach, uh, Paper Mario, and all the other, like, Paper characters. Hmm. So Mario and Luigi are working together with Paper Mario to take out Paper Bowser. Right. And so that is the name of the game with, uh, with this game. Neat. Yeah. This one looks really cool. I have not, like I said, I have not played this one, but I like the idea of kind of merging these two worlds together. To me, like the Mario and Luigi franchise, mm, okay, that portion of it is its own like RPG arc, if that, you will. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because they, they're either like paper, what some, something revolving around paper, or a Mario and Luigi something. Right. So, like that. Yeah. Like you have Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and then Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. So. Mario and Luigi games, the character art looks very different than it does in Paper Mario. Yes. So it's neat to see these two kind of uh, meet in the middle. And you get a lot of Paper Mario aspects to the game. Uh, I believe this game does take advantage of the 3D option. Oh, on the in 3DS. The, on the 3DS. Yeah. So you're going to probably see a lot of 3D imagery with the uh, sprites, this, especially the Paper Mario sprites kind of standing out, I bet. So could be totally wrong about that, but that's just, <laughs> you know, what I envision based on the screenshots that I've seen and everything. One really cool thing about this game for the boss, the final boss looks like an awesome, like, tough Bowser, but he's in a robot costume. So it's like a robot. <laughs> so it's like... Bowser's wearing a mech suit, almost. Oh, it looks super yeah, cool. yeah. I would say it's like Bowser made a, a Papakura Bowser yeah. like cosplay to wear. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty neat. Which takes the, the paper aspect um, and, and throws it sort of on its head. That's yeah. really neat. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Uh, I also like that the Koopa Kids are in this one. Oh, yeah, I miss the Koopa Kids. Yeah. They don't get well, enough love. Well, the Koopa Kids have kind of returned. They, they have recently, recently, but, like, historically, since, what was it, Mario World, I think, was the last time we really saw them? Yeah, well, no. And so, the, I mean, not including recent stuff. Right, There was a yeah. big gap where they just disappeared and I nobody would, mentioned I them. I would say from Mario World to New Super Mario Brothers, they were not around. Yeah, because yeah, I think which, that's when they came back. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because uh, New Super Mario Brothers was kind of styled almost like a Mario Three game. I can't stand Bowser Junior. I don't know what it is. I remember playing Mario yeah. Sunshine and just absolutely hating him. Yeah, like I thought his design was stupid. I thought he looked oh. dumb. I, he wasn't threatening at all. Like Bowser looks menacing. Yeah, he looks threatening. Bowser Junior is like dumb. He just looks dumb. The Koopa Kids. I almost said Bowser Babies. My wife almost <laughs> got to me. Because my wife calls them just to make Bowser fun of babies. me. She calls them Bowser babies, and I'm like, they're not Bowser babies because one, they're not babies, and two, they're Koopa. They're called the Koopa, Koopa Kids. Yeah. Right, right, right. And she's like, no, no, they're Bowser babies. So she's always, you know, giving me a hard time about that. Yeah, that's uh, that's what wives almost, are for. It's almost like people who mispronounce words, like uh, can't read C O R P S versus C O R P E. Listen, it's hard corpse. It makes only sense. hard corpse if it's dead, and it's got to be dead for a while. You will be dead when you play that game. When you play Contra Hard Corpse, you will be dead. Anyways, we're getting wildly Sorry. off track. Uh, Yoko Shimomura. We're going to talk about her in a little bit. We're not going to, you know, talk yeah. about it right away. Let's let's save some information uh, about Yoko Shimomura for a later break. So let's go ahead and get into my first pick because we have a ton of tracks to cover. This song is Super Paper Mario, and it was on the Wii in 2007, and the track is Champion of Destruction, and it's by Chika Sekigawa and Naoko Mitomi.
Thanks for joining us back on XVGM Radio. That was Super Paper Mario, which came out on the Wii in 2007. The track that we listened to is Champion of Destruction, and it's by Chika Sekigawa and Naoko Mitomi. When I got the Wii back when it came out, I, I don't think this was a launch title, but it came out... It uh, was really close yeah, to being it was a like, launch title. It came out pretty close afterwards, Yeah, and I never, I'd never played Paper Mario or Thousand Year Door, but as far as the other games go, I just they didn't look interesting to me. Not to okay. say that they weren't interesting, because after having watched the playthrough, I, I did enjoy them. Mm. But when they came out, I was just like, they didn't really do it for me. And then when I saw this one, maybe it was the flipping mechanic, where, right. you, where you, you, you change your, your angle that you're, you're viewing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool, and just overall, it, it looked neat. So I gave it a try, and I had a lot of fun. I never beat it, unfortunately, mm. but I want to say... Oof, I, don't, I don't even remember the names of, of the worlds uh, where I got... I. I, I got I got a few hours in at least, okay. um, and I had a few, I had a good time. It was just a matter of it, it fell off my my list of games that I was playing. So this one was supposed to come out on the GameCube, and they actually oh. pushed it back closer to the for the Wii. So they included like some uh, additional motion control type things yeah, in yeah. the game. But this one is like I was talking about before. This one follows directly the the Paper Mario yep. franchise, and this game is a little different because it's. It's more like action platforming first. Right, right. It's, it's less like um, turn pull, pull you out into turn-based battles. Right. And it's more like on-the-screen, yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, action. Yeah. Uh, which I also found that to be really fun. Oh, and overall, it was, a, it was a really neat game. I like what they did with it. I like the motion control stuff that they added with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was really kind of new on the Wii, so all the yeah. motion control stuff was still hot. Yeah, true. This game is, at least plot-wise, considered a, to be a, a little bit darker. The plot of the game is Mario and... Luigi and Princess Peach, or Toadstool, whatever you want to call her, and Bowser are trying to stop this dimension-hopping villain named Count Black, <laughs> and he's trying to destroy basically all, like everything ever. Yeah. There's also these characters that are kind of like fairies, and they're called Pixels. Pixels yeah. What they do is they grant you the abilities to do various different things in the game. Things like uh, utilizing like hammers and uh, adding on shields and all different kinds of stuff like that. So you get points from killing bad guys and then that helps you level up with the points. And that makes you stronger, of course. Yep. <laughs> so it is still considered like a RPG in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's it's more of an action RPG than yeah. than a, like an ATB or a turn-based RPG. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of those out there to you know grant this the status of mm-hmm. of RPG. I kind of think it's funny that apparently Bowser gets kidnapped. Oh yeah, uh, Luigi, Bowser, and, and Peach are all uh, are all kidnapped right at the start of the game. Right, and then. Uh, Things are, are forced to happen through hypnosis and whatnot. Yeah, I, I can see how this one is, is a bit darker. There there are some some interesting themes in this uh, in this game. I mean, it's still it's still a Paper Mario game. It's still lighthearted overall, but yeah, yeah, a Thousand Year Door and the original Paper Mario were, I think, a, a bit more lighthearted than uh, than this one turned out to be. Yeah, I'd say so. I need to sit down and play this one. Um, oh, you, music, you haven't played this one? I have not, no. I think, I, like think I think I booted it up and was <laughs> like, because I did buy it on recommendation of a mutual friend of ours, yeah. and I just, I think I sat down one day and was like, oh, let me give this a shot, and I turned it on, 
and I got distracted, and <laughs> I don't think I made it very far yeah. at all. Maybe 10 minutes in. Oh, wow. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like I barely played it. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, I really need to sit down and play this one. It looks really fun. So <laughs> if my backlog wasn't insane. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Hear that. I, I do own it, and uh, I'll get to it someday. But <laughs> uh, musically, I really like this track. It is, it's like a what-if scenario. It's like, what if Paper Mario made Castlevania music. I knew you were going to go there. It's I was going to say, Mike, organs and... Mike likes a, a track with heavy organs? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although I did also really enjoy those organs. I found the organs to be really menacing, which was which was nice. Okay. It added a big level of menace to the song. If you, if you took the organs out, I think it would still be a menacing type of a song, but yeah. it was... It still had that, like, I don't know, clippity-cloppity sound that a lot of Mario stuff has like the do 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 you know it still has that kind of Mario bounce to it despite being like a more like evil ish true true track. you've also got those like those military t- type snares that are in there sure. I'm not sure what it is about the other drums like not the snares mm. sound like snares but the the rest of the drums in this outside of the snares in the bass like the other percussion you mean yeah the, yeah the other percussion sounds sounds kind of dirty I don't really know how else to describe it hmm. when I say dirty I don't mean like oh it sounds bad I mean if you listen to the the other percussion they have this quality to them that it, like, they don't sound clear hmm. when I think dirty I think like peanut butter and handcuffs like is that where you're going with this? No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, almost, almost staticky, maybe. Uh, okay. It's a hard thing for me to describe because the quality of the sound. That's is That's weird. I, I didn't hear that, but okay. All right. To each their own, Justin. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing. You got nothing. Nope, nothing at all. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and go over the details about the composers. First up, we got uh, Chika Sekigawa. And they only did Super Paper Mario and Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn in 2007. That was hmm. that was their year to shine. <laughs> Naoko Mitomi has a couple more games. Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, Advance Wars Dual Strike, and both of those came out in 2005. WarriorWare Smooth Moves in 2006, and then the exact same games that Chika Sekigawa was on. Super hmm. Paper Mario and Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn. So huh. that is it, pretty much disappeared into the night. Neat. Got murdered by a mushroom. Oh no, that's that's sad. <laughs> that's sad. R.I.P. <laughs> Rip in peace. Alright, so what, what do you got for us? So, next up, we are going to hear Swinging Swing uh, from a game called Paper Mario Sticker Star. It came out on the 3DS in 2012. This list. And I'm going to go through this list after we come back because there are 11 <laughs> composers. Oh man, list. that might be a world record for XVGM. <laughs> Alright, we'll be back.
Welcome back. That was Paper Mario Sticker Star on the 3DS. It came out in 2012. The track was Swinging Swing. And the composers on this one were... (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) You took too deep of a breath. I did, I did. (laughs) I over-breathed, breathed, breathed, whatever. Masanobu Matsunaga, Saki Kurata, Sho Murakami, Yoshito Sekigawa, Yasuhisa Baba, Hiroki Morishita, Masanori Adachi, Kiyoshi Hazemoto, Tomoko Sano, Kosei Muraki, Hiroaki Hanaoka, and Yasumasa Yamada. Wow. We are, we'll go through them in a moment. I'm just going to pick one game from <laughs> yeah, each of their repertoires. Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, no, there, there were a lot of people on the sound team for this game. Yes. And who boy, was it a game. Yeah. I'm guessing it was a game because we're playing music from it. <laughs> <laughs> so... First up, the track. I am somewhat of a fan of Swing, yeah. and uh, it's one of the reasons that I picked this track, because uh, I feel like we... I mean, we get New Jack Swing and a lot of that in, in, in some of the other stuff that we do, but yeah. in the Mario games, I don't feel like we get a lot of variation from the Mario type of music. Really? Yeah. I'd say Mario music is pretty versatile. I mean, it's versatile. I, I don't feel like... I mean, it's genre hopping, is what I mean. Is it really? Oh, I'd say so. I mean, you've got the big band stuff, like the da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, that's yeah. obviously like a mix of reggae and big band. But then, you know, the underground theme, like do 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 you know, that is like totally like funk, mm-hmm. okay. like funk kind of style. I wouldn't say there's too much heavy metal in, <laughs> in Mario RPG. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but there's classical elements, there's funk, there's jazz, there's there's well, some hip-hop elements that some yeah, games have. I guess, I guess as the series has evolved over the years, mm. uh, that that's true. When I think about Mario music, I think more of like the classic Mario stuff, mm. and I don't find that to, to really vary much. But, I mean, as as the, the series has evolved yeah. and as they've gone over different platforms and whatnot... I feel like the sound has evolved. Like once, once you get into like all the Redbook audio stuff, mm. they can literally do whatever they want. Oh yeah, I kind of stop counting there because okay. at that point you can literally do anything you want. Yeah, and I would say that they are really focused on bringing big band mm-hmm. orchestras yeah. and actual instrumentation instead of doing like MIDI music. There's there is still right, right. A, a little bit of that, but a lot of it is more orchestrated than anything nowadays, yep. especially on stuff like Mario Galaxy. Oh yeah. You know, even like the the big band Odyssey stuff of and, like uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say um Mario 3D World, which is a fantastic yep. game. So, but this was great. I love this type of just like swing jazz type music. Really kind of gets you snapping, gets your fingers snapping and yeah. gets the hips swaying for the <laughs> ladies, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's something that I I like particularly out of Mario music but in VGM in general when mm. somebody will take a track and then make it a swing track or a jazz track like there is it, it, I think I'm pretty sure it's an OC remix that I that I really really like uh, and it's based out of Mario and it's called Super Mario Sleigh Ride and they yeah. basically merged the Sleigh Ride you know, Christmas song yeah. with Mario music and it works out really well yeah. and it's really jazzy. Some of the tracks that we're listening to today are actually going to take advantage of stuff like that. Yep. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of like classic Mario themes kind of intermingled not uh, not every track but a few of the tracks that we're playing today will have that you know kind of throwback to the old yeah. Mario games with uh you know brand new takes on old classic hits yep yep yeah so this game you have not played this right no no my wife has actually oh okay um, so so she has this game okay so the as far as the plot of this game goes 
It starts off with this thing called the Sticker Comet that uh, comes to the Mushroom Kingdom, and it's a recurring thing. Like we have Haley's Comet, and people who wish on this star have a like a good chance of their wish being granted by the royal stickers that reside within the comet. Mm. But anyway, Mario goes to this festival, and things happen, <laughs> as they always do in these things games. Things happen. I mean, either Bowser shows up or somebody disappears, but you know, stuff always happens. Mm. Bowser shows up and does stupid stuff. Right. So Bowser crashes this this celebration for the. Usually, usually involving peanut butter and handcuffs, right? And uh, yes, and yeah. He, he takes the peanut butter, he puts it on the handcuffs, then he eats it, and then he kidnaps Peach. Why would he do that? Because he's Bowser. He eats handcuffs. What in what world does Bowser eat handcuffs? Why can't I just be absurd, Mike? <laughs> That's beyond absurd, yeah, Justin. Tell, you keep bringing up this peanut butter and handcuffs. Thing. Yeah, man. I feel like that's what I need in my life right now. <laughs> I need some Paper Mario, some peanut butter, and some handcuffs. That'll be an exciting evening. Oh Anyways, so... So so Bowser shows up, yeah. and, and he touches the comet inappropriately, and <laughs> makes a does? witch. He does? So he does. Well, he... he, he, he <laughs> really? He ta- Should we alert the authorities? I mean, the authorities were right there, and she, they did nothing. Peach just watched. Oh, man. Uh, but he t- touches the comet to make a wish, and the comet explodes, um, scattering stickers all over the kingdom, and then you start in your... Your adventure to collect all of these stickers and basically put the comet back together. The way that you're supposed to make you, make your wish is you you know you go up to the comet and you touch the comet like you put your hand on the comet and you make your wish. So you caress it. And you just like wipe some peanut up. butter on it. I don't know. It's just peanut butter in your hand. I guess so. All right. You just put your hand to the comet, make a wish in your head, and, and then, then handcuff it to your <laughs> bedpost. I don't know. All right. <laughs> My so, head hurts. <laughs> okay, so that's Paper Mario Sticker Star then. This yeah, one, yeah. I remember getting really kind of not so great reviews. And I remember this game, a lot of people were saying it wasn't as good as the others. A lot of people were claiming that the game design and uh, the story were not that great. Hmm. My hmm. thing with Paper Mario is I like it when it's just paper and there's no other nonsense mm-hmm. that's kind of happening. To me, Nintendo has this thing that they've been doing since Yoshi's Island, where they're like, hey listen, we got a platform game. What kind of arts and crafts can we make it out of? Like, and and you'll see it in motion <laughs> and be like, oh, it's really cool. And then you'll play it and be like, I kind of just want like this to not be this way. Yeah, you I know mean, what I mean? It's the those things are very hit or miss. I find like Yoshi's yeah. Island was, was was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirby's Kirby's Yarn was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. What other ones? The Yoshi's, Yoshi's Woolly World, World was pretty cool. Was, was pretty adorable, but uh, I I just I feel like it's too much. It's there's too many. There's too many Paper so, Mario so games that are all doing like weird paper things, or they're like, okay, now we're gonna do stickers, now we're gonna do yarn, then we're gonna do glue, then we're gonna do peanut butter and handcuffs, like. To me, the Paper Mario franchise has gotten a little out of hand hmm. when it comes to the games. I don't look at the games, a lot of the games, and be like, oh, I want to play that. There's Sometimes they're, they'll release a new Paper Mario game, and then be like, all right, what's the gimmick this time? You know, that's... That's kind of my issue with it, is that there's always a gimmick every single time they release it, and but, I don't always like them. But isn't that just Nintendo? Like, no, not necessarily. I mean, I, if, if, if you go back, the I feel like... The, I mean, the gimmicks started a while, like a while ago, but then sure. you get to the Wii, and I mean, the Wii was a great console, and I, and I did enjoy it, but mm. like... The, it was a gimmick. They're, they they introduced this this motion control thing. Oh, I'm not talking about the controls. That, oh, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like Nintendo, this is what Nintendo does. Yeah. They, they take something that that we love and they they add gimmicks to it to try to you know pump it up and make it different. Like you take a GameCube and add motion controls and that's a week. I'm not saying that I don't like Nintendo gimmicks. I'm saying I don't like Paper Mario gimmicks. Oh, oh that's okay, my point. Okay. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the Paper Mario 
gimmicks grow stale quicker hmm. than some of their gimmicks on their consoles I and their handhelds. I see. So. Fair enough, fair enough. That's kind of my thing. But anyways, <laughs> this one, I don't really have any interest in playing. I do really like the music, though, and I think it's great on the uh, mm. on the 3DS. I think that uh, oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, the soundtrack is, is pretty stellar. So anyways, we've got tons of composers <laughs> that you've got to go through all yeah, by yourself. Me, I'm me, not helping. That's fine. Let me, let me jump into this. All right. Masanobu Matsunaga, we are going to say that they did, ooh, WarioWare Touched in 2004. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed that one. Next up, Saki Kurata. Not a whole lot here, uh, so we will go with Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn in 2007. Yep. Sho Murakami, Game and Wario in 2013. Yoshito Sekigawa, Codename Steam in 2015. Okay. Yasuhisa Baba did... WarioWare DIY Showcase in 2010. Hiroki Morishita did music composition on Fire Emblem Awakening in 2012. Masanori Adachi did We Play Motion in 2011. Kiyoshi Hazemoto did ooh, Chibi Robo Ziplash in 2015. Tomoko Sano did music composition on Irozuki Tinkle no Koi no Balloon Trip in 2009. Kosei Muraki did sound creation on Way of the Samurai 2 in 2003. Hiroaki Hanaoka did two games, this, and they did background music in SD Gundam G Generation Genesis in 2016. And finally, Yasumasa Yamada has a fairly extensive history here, so we will go with one of their non-Nintendo things. They their SNK sound staff on Samurai Showdown Warriors Rage in 1999. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's a list. It is. That's something. Well, I promise you the next track will not be a crazy list because it is Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. This came out on the Game Boy Advance in 2003. The track was called Come On, and it's by Yoko Shimomura. back. That was Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga that came out in the Game Boy Advance in 2003. And the track that we just heard was Come On. Come on. Come on. By <laughs> Yoko Shimomura. What do you think of this one? 
Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, great. it Come was, on. it was. Actually, I kind of was found myself dancing to this one a little bit. Mm. To start off, that bass, that really funky, all over the place bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like Yoko does that a lot in, in some of the, the, the Mario RPG things, like in Super Mario RPG. Mm. Sort of, there's a lot of tracks that have that, that crazy bass, and I, I do really enjoy them. I also really liked the like the synth sound of uh, like the main melody and yeah. the, uh, the the rhythm section. For some reason, I, I I was expecting a more sort of live or produced sound as opposed to like a synth sound. Probably because the past few tracks have been all yeah like yeah <laughs> high production, and now you're jumping down to the Game Boy Advance. The, which, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the Game Boy Advance sound chip has always had problems as yeah. far as the quality goes. But, and I, even but I thought this had it. really good. I kind of like the quality of this. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know if this is this is one of the tracks that people would consider like the sound quality isn't that great, but it's got the GBA fuzz. The fuzz, yeah. The maybe, fuzz. maybe that's what I was talking about earlier when I called the drums dirty. Maybe maybe, maybe they were more fuzzy than fuzzy. dirty. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really appreciated that sound and how it was used. Mm. So like fuzzy handcuffs? Yes. Okay. Fuzzy peanut butter? Gross. Ooh, gross. No way. I actually have a lot of experience with this game, and it's, it's a great, great game. It was actually remade later on. It was called Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga and Bowser's Minions. I don't know much about huh. that version. Was that remade for the 3DS? Yes, it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's also called Mario & Luigi RPG 1 DX in Japan. <laughs> but this game is called Mario & Luigi RPG in Japan. And so hmm. it is really, really close to being Super Mario RPG in terms of title. But uh, yeah. this one was developed by Alpha Dream and came out in 2003. So this is right around that era when the Game Boy Advance is just like laying out the hits. I mean, yeah. really, really fantastic game. Was this the start of the Mario & Luigi RPG games? Yes, it, it was. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I would say so because... Um, you had Super Mario RPG, then you had right. Paper Mario in 2000, then you had Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. But th- th- those are kind of the three buckets of Mario RPG games. You got Super Mario RPG, which yeah. is stand- basically standalone by itself. Yep. The the Paper Mario franchise. So I consider Mario RPG and the Mario and Luigi games, I consider them to be the same. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, personally, I mean, the other than the fact that Super Mario RPG is de- is developed or co-developed by Squaresoft, back then it was Squaresoft, now it's Square Enix. Right, right. It's It still feels like this game. Like, playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, it felt like a sequel. To me, I mean, you control Mario mm. and Luigi. They, you know, they're running around. They're, you know, jumping on enemies and everything. Like the game, gameplay-wise, feels very similar to the Mario RPG first entry. That's fair. So, uh, the, so the, that's the, what the, I consider. The the art direction on the game looked mm. uh, looked very different to me, which is part of the well, reason that I, I think I avoided them. Okay, I can see that. I mean, but they don't look like Mario RPG in the sense that they don't have that same like 3D-ish rendered sprite. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's not like isometric top-down, sort of. It, it kind of is, but it's not like identical to Mario RPG in that aspect. But the feel of the game, the humor in the game, yeah. the way that the sprites move and everything, it to me, the Mario and, and Luigi games always felt like a successor to the Mario RPG franchise or yeah. the Mario RPG game. Basically, it took it and made it a franchise, in my opinion. But, I don't know. What's your opinion on this? Let us know. Yeah, I'll actually have to go back and check this out, because now hearing that, um, and, and knowing that like Yokoshimamura worked on this, and it looks like oh, 
the the other Mario and Luigi games. Yeah. I, I guess uh, she wasn't on most of the Paper Mario franchise. Yeah. yeah. So I, I actually think I should go back and, and try playing some of these games now. No, I agree. I think that these games are worth revisiting. I kind of prefer these to the Paper Mario hmm. series, but... This game takes place in a land called the Bean Bean Kingdom. <laughs> Mario and Luigi are trying to chase down these two bad guys, Cacletta and Thawful. They are doing this because both of them have stolen Princess Peach's voice. Hmm. So they're trying to get it back. You know, I, I'm sensing like a Little Mermaid thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm half expecting like a, oh, <laughs> you know. Interesting. That's my Little Mermaid reference of the day. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Spot on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was really digging this track. It's very bouncy. It's got that Nintendo Capcom kind of sound to it. That very like fun bounce, but it also has that gritty kind of texture to it because of the Game Boy Advance, the sound right, right. on it. It's got that fuzz that I dig. So um I don't really personally have that big of a problem with the Game Boy Advance sound chip. I always used to listen to the Game Boy Advance playing it with headphones for the most part yeah so it was never really like a an issue for me uh ex- with exception of course to a few games here and there but i really enjoy the uh mario and, Lu- and luigi superstar saga i got pretty far in this one hmm. if i recall i don't know how far i got but what's cool about it is you can combine attacks so like mario will jump on luigi or luigi will jump on oh, mario and then yeah, you can yeah. like do like these crazy spin spinny moves and stuff and they, they came up with some really unique ideas for how to get further in the game. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. And they didn't resort to uh, throwing arts and crafts at it. No, no no <laughs> arts and crafts. Just straight up Mario and, Lu- and Luigi RPG. So, nice, nice. Yeah, no, I, I would encourage everyone to go check this one out. And we'll talk about Yogo Shimomura. Again, we have more to go through, so... Oh, so uh, we're not, we're not going to do that now? No. <laughs> okay. No, no, we won't do that now. We'll wait till, wait till later in the show. Yeah. All right, well, it looks like we are getting a call on our XVGM radio hotline. So, Janine, go ahead and forward that over to us so we can take it. Caller, you are on the air. What can we do for you? Hi, this is Mallow. Mallow? All right, what can we do for you? You you don't know who I am? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're Mallow, of course. Hey, do we know someone named Mallow? No. Who is this guy? You, you know I can hear you, right? Who? What? I'm Mallow from Super Mario RPG, the legend... Legend of the Seven Stars, of course. Who doesn't know Mallow? Is that really a character? It sounds made up. You really need to learn how to use the mute button. Anyway, I was calling in to ask you to play Weapons Factory from Super Mario RPG. So get to it, you bums. All right, well then. I guess that was a character from Super Mario RPG calling in. I don't know, Mallow? I don't remember him. Doesn't Mallow. ring a bell. Yeah. But let's go ahead and play their request anyway. So this is Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. This came out in the Super NES in 1996. The track is Weapons Factory. It's by Yoko Shimomura.
Welcome back. That was everybody's favorite Super Mario RPG, and if it's not, you're a liar. <laughs> Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. That was an SNES game that came out in 1996. Hey now, my favorite Mario RPG game is Mario RPG Paper and you're done. Butter and Handcuffs. Too late. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that track was called Weapons Factory, and it was composed by Yoko Shimomura. This is a really cool track. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember this track, honestly. I want to say this was either towards the middle of the game or the end of the game. Probably this, the end of the game makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it's, I mean, it's called Weapons Factory. It, mm. It's when, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the end of it, near the end of the game because it's when yeah. you're going through the Weapons Factory where Smithy and uh, or the, the Smithy gang is making these weapons that they're right. gonna destroy everything with. Mm. Um, I also really like this track. Uh, Very industrial. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. Mm -hmm. um, so, if, uh, if like if you weren't aware of my love for industrial, this track has a lot of industrial elements to it. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing is like that that hammer sound, yeah. which is very appropriate because you're in Weapons Factory, Smithies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, it's just layers upon layers here. The opening reminds me of uh, a Final Fantasy VII track. Oh, totally. And I want to say it's like the Mako Reactors or something like. Um, the industrial sound itself reminds mm. me a lot of the. I don't remember which Final Fantasy VII track it is, just because I remember the songs. Mm -hmm. I never hardly ever remember the names, but it's the one that I think is going to be the Shinra, the the one that's like do do. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I thought you were going for a different one, but... Yeah, that one. That, this, <laughs> that, this reminds me a lot of that track. That's fair, yeah. And, I mean, most likely took a lot of influence from the sound style that Nobuo Uematsu, because I always thought Uematsu did the soundtrack, but I was totally wrong. No, Uematsu did a couple, of tra a couple of tracks. Oh, he did? I mean, at least the one. I don't know if he did more, but I mean, he's on the soundtrack because of the Final Fantasy IV theme that was used for the fight for fight with Kulex. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, didn't we talk about that in the previous episode? The Justin Spicks episode, I think. Yeah, I think, <laughs> like, you picked the track, and I was like... Yes, because I I, picked... I was like, this sounds like something from Final Fantasy. If I had to guess, like two or something like that. Yeah, and you and were I was like, like, no, yeah. it's from it's from. Well, I, I I think I'd said that it was similar, and then someone else at, when the when after the episode was, at the live, episode release, they were like, is this a joke? Yeah, no, they're, they're like, no, it's literally the Final Fantasy IV battle yeah. theme because that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, whoops. yeah, they are the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. But oh yeah. well, but yeah, no, I really really enjoy this track. It's it's fun to listen to, and it doesn't get too repetitive. It no. feels like it's always changing and always evolving. Evolving, yeah. but it still keeps that same backbeat, uh, keeps it refreshed and everything. So yep. I was digging this. If you haven't played Super Mario RPG and you are into both Super Mario and RPGs, play this game. I mean, it's on the SNES. It's also on the Wii uh, and the Wii U for the Virtual Console. Virtual console. Uh, it's also on the, SNES, the the SNES Classic Edition. Oh yeah. So there there are there are multiple avenues to get to this game, and I implore you to to give it a shot if you are into those two things. If you're not. Oh well. Uh, anyway, the the game starts out with uh, with, with a pretty cool cutscene. Uh, Peach just sitting on a hillside outside uh, outside of Mario's place, uh, and then she's kidnapped by Bowser. You know who I'm, else? I'm like hearing the music as you're describing. Yep, yep. Because um, I've seen that opening so many times while playing through this game. Yes. 
she gets kidnapped by Bowser. What a surprise. Mario comes out of his house to, you know, have a picnic with her or whatever uh, and sees that she's being kidnapped. Uh, he chases them uh, all the way to Bowser's keep. And after going through the castle, you know, you you, you play through through this section. Uh, you catch up to Bowser. You, you fight him on some chandeliers. And then you beat him. That was a cool scene. It was really cool. I, I really enjoyed, like, all, all the little things that happened in that yeah. scene. And, like, the yeah. timing, the, the different things that you can not really interact with but like the different ways that it can go yeah because it's not it's not as straightforward as you'd think right right um but you beat him uh you rescue the princess and then the castle just like there's an earthquake uh and all of a sudden there's this giant sword that comes out of the sky and it strikes right in the middle of uh, of, of his castle uh or bowser's castle rather uh and it sends everybody just flying in separate directions uh and it, it looks really cool like it looks like a final fantasy 6 type of a scene where mario walks to the edge of this cliff to look at bowser's castle yeah and you yeah. see this giant castle with an even more giant sword sticking out of yeah. it uh, and then the sword basically like trash talks mario yeah and that, that that's all i'll give you like it gets, it gets way better from there the characters are really cool i mean some of the characters never like they're, they're only in this game um but not all of them. Like so, some mm. of them do actually come back. What kind of trash talk does Smithy say? Is he like, "You got a ham sandwich in your pants, boy"? He was like, "Yo, the the princess has got some handcuffs and peanut butter for me that she won't share with you." Oh snap! <laughs> princess ain't sharing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he basically also told tells Mario that like this castle now belongs to the Smithy gang. Mm. Um, I mean, at one point I think Bowser tries to go back and and retake his castle and he just gets his butt stomped. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, and you can play as Bowser in this one for the first time if I recall yeah like he, like he could be in your party yeah. like you eventually get him but there's some other characters that are brand new to the franchise uh, basically most likely created by Square mm. uh, so characters like Mallow who do exist oh wow yeah Mallow yeah. never came back though <laughs> um, and then Gino 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 does come back Gino, Gino makes a cameo in the game that you just spoke about uh, Superstar Saga yes and also Gino is armor that you can get or like a me costume that you can get in, in the Wii the U Smash Wii Brothers. U Smash, yep. right, right, right. So it's kind of like um, Smash Brothers way of, you know, kind of qualming the... Uh, quelling? The, qu- quelling. Quell- <laughs> quelling the fever that is Gino fever, where <laughs> is, everyone is wants Gino in Smash Brothers. I don't know. Yeah. No, everybody wants Waluigi in Smash No, everyone Brothers. wants Gino. Le- le- legit, everyone wants Gino really? in... Yeah. Huh. Gino is like one of the top picks, if I recall. Yeah. No, nobody nobody good, no good human being wants Waluigi in Smash Brothers. And you've now started a fight in our comments section. That's right, that's right. Come at me. I got peanut butter <laughs> and handcuffs. What? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> so, moving on to Yoko Shimomura. Yoko Shimomura has done so much for so this much. world. Uh, we owe her <laughs> for this everything. World. Everything. Um, she started out doing sound in Samurai Sword in 1988. Not to get stuck on this, but just too many things to pick from. Toe Ball number one in 96, obviously Super Mario RPG, um, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, all the Mario and Luigi games. Right. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts 2. Dude, Street Fighter 2. How did you miss that one? I was getting there. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally bouncing around here. Like I, right. went, I went to Chain of Memories and then backed up to Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> Parasite Eve 1 and 2. Right. Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, Radiant Historia. How many times have I brought that game up? Not enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Half Minute Hero the Second Coming. Final Fantasy 15. 15. Yep. And, and uh, the Windows Edition, the Pocket Edition. Kingdom Hearts 3, which came out 2019. Yep. Just, like, 
just she's she's phenomenal. She is a gift. She is up the there with Nobuo. Yes, definitely. And it's and it's amazing that they got to collaborate on some stuff on this. Uh, yeah, on this game. Final fight. That's right. She did final fight. Yeah. <laughs> no, she did. The Punisher, the arcade game, Breath of Fire. I mean, just mm. amazing. A lot of stuff. Good, good stuff. So if you like RPGs and you like Capcom and you like Square, you're probably gonna like Yoko Shimomura. Yep. Or you've probably heard a bunch of Yoko. I Shimomura. was just gonna say you, you've probably you've probably heard even if you aren't aware of who the composer was for the game, you've probably heard of her. And her style always sounds fresh to me. It never sounds like like I'll listen to a Nobuo Uematsu soundtrack and, and be like, all right, this is this is him. Like, yeah, this I, was, is Uematsu. I was just gonna say that like right. you can you can listen to Nobuo and be like, oh, this is Nobuo right. or oh, this is uh, Misutani. Yeah. But with Yoko. It's like, there are sometimes like with with the Mario RPG stuff like you can usually tell but yeah you're, you're right her style goes all over the place and yeah it's really really cool that you can do definitely that. very versatile so let's move on to our next game so this is Mario and Luigi Dream Team this came out on the 3DS in 2013 the track is Victory in the Dream World and it's by Yoko Shimomura surprise surprise. <gasps>
Oh my goodness, welcome back to XVGM Radio. So glad you could rejoin us. This track that we just listened to was Mario and Luigi Dream Team. And that came out on the 3DS in 2013. That little ditty was Victory in the Dream World. And it was by Yoko Shimomura. Oh my goodness, I love this track. <laughs> it's very dancey. It's so good. I love the dance aspect about it, but I also really, really enjoyed those really uplifting melodies. Yeah, yeah. Around like the like 34, 35 second, like right around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got that, uh, it's like, and then it kind of goes in this, and you've yeah. got those synth hits that hit so hard. <laughs> it's such a good track. And well, right off the hop, you have some like orchestral hits, mm. uh, which I thought were a really cool way to bring the song in. Yeah. Uh, and then, as I was listening to it, I, I was thinking, I don't know why, but it didn't really feel very, like, Mario to me. Mm. Uh, and then, towards the end, I, I don't know if there were things that I just missed sort of in the beginning, but there, yeah. were, there were these little ditties and these little, like, melodies in the in the background that became a little bit more clear as, like, some of the other instruments, like, faded away for, for a brief moment. Mm. I was like, oh, oh, there's the Mario, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Like, the entire track just doesn't really feel like a Mario song until, like, more towards the end. Yeah, so, okay, okay. Right, so right before the loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This song kind of is taking inspiration from a lot of different areas. You've got those 80s sounding kind of synths. Yeah. Kind of permeating the track. And then you've also got like that backbeat that's very 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just really energetic, really fun. As far as I know, it is mostly like a 3D game for the backgrounds, but then the characters themselves are like pixel art. Oh. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah, kind of neat. And it plays very similar to the previous Mario & Luigi games. So you're playing with turn-based battles, very similar to Mario RPG. That's why I feel like that game very much influenced these later titles, in my opinion. Right, right. There are some things to take advantage of, like the 3DS gyroscopic kind of features, uh, things like specific attacks that you can do with the two characters. Because the 3DS has a gyroscope in it. Yeah, no, that's just really so. Like by by moving the the 3DS around, you yeah. can you can do different attacks. And I stuff? believe so. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, pretty cool. So it also introduced a rank system to the game. So it gives you certain bonuses depending on what rank you get. Oh, like how well you do in the fight. And yeah, stuff? yeah, I believe so. Hmm. And it also can give you like an additional like equipment slot. So the whole point of this game is it takes place on. Pillow Island. I'm just going to call it Pillow Island. I I would. Yeah. So Mario and Luigi are trying to rescue these. They they get invited out there. So Mario, Luigi, the Toad, and Mm. the Toadsworth, (laughs) and Princess Peach, uh, they all get flown to the island, and they meet two characters from the previous title, so Bowser's Inside Story, Mm. uh, and that's Broke, Monsieur, and Starlow. Then they also get introduced to a character called the Bat King. His name is Antasma. Antasma? Antasma. And he teams up with Bowser. And their whole thing is they're going to acquire this thing called the Dreamstone. And it gives you endless wishes. So, of course, Mario and Luigi have to save the island, save the pillow folk, and take out Bowser and Antasma. Neat. I've not played this one. It looks really cool. I got this on my 3DS when I bought it. This came out during that whole year of Luigi thing that they were trying to do, where they were like, let's celebrate Luigi for once. So... (laughs) (laughs) Poor Luigi. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta think of it like, there's tons of jokes in a lot of these games where they're just like, 
oh, Luigi's just like other Mario or like green Mario. Yo, you know, uh, especially in the Paper Mario uh, yeah. games. Yeah, they, they do they, that green Mario a lot. They are brutal to him in Paper Mario. Yeah. Like, poor Luigi. And it's funny because growing up, like, I loved Mario, but I also loved Luigi. And, yeah. like, I think more towards, like, my, like, after Mario 2, I would always pick Luigi. I wouldn't pick Mario. Yeah. So I became, started to become more of a Luigi fan. And then, you know, as I got older, I kind of transitioned back into being, like, a Mario, Mario fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we already talked about Yoko Shimomura. We already talked about the track. And we talked about the game. So I think we're good to move on. Sure. Yeah, let's so do it. What's up? What is up is the OG Paper Mario. Oh, snap. This came out in the N64 in 2000. Uh, I'm going to make you listen to Welcome to Yoshi Village, and that's by Yuka Sujiyoko. Thank you. 
Welcome back. You've returned from Welcome to Yoshi Village, which came as a track on Paper Mario, the N64 Year 2000 release, composed by Yuka Tsujiyoko. I did not like this track. I apologize. I, it, it's <laughs> not your fault. I'm just listening to this track and that sound, that twinkly toy sound. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, this is obviously taken from Yoshi's Island. Yep. Uh, it's the opening song that you hear when you start up the game and you're on the title screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it in Yoshi's Island. I absolutely hate the soundtrack to Yoshi's Story. Like any Yoshi oh, game later on, like any of those later Yoshi games, yeah. the ones that are just like, let's just put the same exact sound with the twinkly toy sound. <laughs> I cannot stand that. I've always disliked it. That's fair. Uh, I liked it in Yoshi's Island because it still sounded like chiptune. Right, right. But it was on, on the SNES, it was a different sound chip, different yeah. quality. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. But uh, just, ugh, it's like awful. I, I do not like it. <laughs> uh, well composed, just... I, I, th I thought it was okay composed. Mm. Not to, to bash on Yuka at all. Oh, no, there, not there, at all. There, there's plenty of other stuff that they've done that that, that is really good. Mm -hmm. um, the things that I pulled out that I did like about the song, because I'm not going to lie, this is... Not my favorite pick of the night. This one I thought was interesting, for one, because it was sort of like a, a remix mm. of, like you said, the, uh, the the Yoshi's Island title track. So one of the things that I thought was interesting about the song was sort of the range of instruments. It's almost like an ADD thing with, with this song. Not that they, they switch off on instruments randomly, but there's a wide range of different instruments used in this, and I, I'm not sure if they were trying to sort of showcase what you could do on the N64 mm. uh, as far as sound goes, or if they just wanted to have a lot of different stuff in it. Because you hear the marimba, you hear drums, you hear like a, almost like a toy piano. Mm. I, I can't even pick them all out. I just, it, it kept going through these different sounds, yeah. these different instruments. And I was like, that's that's a fairly interesting way to way to compose this track and to, mm. to go all out like that. Um, the the bass was was something on, on this that I, that I did like. It was a very synthy bass. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of like where they went with it. But I mean, I will say the track feels a little bit repetitive. Um, it's a long track and that's it's true. not really repetitive. But there, there's a a melody that's very prominent in this track mm. that if you aren't playing the game and doing the stuff in the game and you're just listening to the track, it sounds very repetitive. So the song's not better in game. Yeah. Basically, it, it's better as background music than yeah. as something to sit down and. And listen to. <laughs> uh, this game, Paper Mario, obviously the first entry in the Paper Mario franchise, is set in the Mushroom Kingdom. It starts out with Mario and Luigi hanging out at their house when they get a letter from Peach inviting them to a party. That's sort of the thing. Peach always invites you to a party. Bowser always kidnaps Peach. It's just how it works. But So she invites you to a party. You go to the castle for, for a party. And just as you get there, Bowser's flying fortress lifts the castle off the ground. Dun, dun, dun. And takes her away. And so you have to go on a quest to find these seven star spirits, which are the only thing that will counteract the power of, I think it's the star rod that the Bowser has. Mm. And so you need to free all these imprisoned spirits in order to be able to defeat Bowser at the end of the game. You know what's really funny is this game I always wanted to pick up but never got the opportunity to do so. Like I remember seeing it in game stores all the time and I'm like, oh, it's only 20 bucks, it's only 30 bucks, it's only 40 bucks. Now it's <laughs> like, 
I'm pretty sure it's still a, a pretty pricey game. Hmm. And I just never really sat down and, and really went after getting this one. Yeah. It was more like, all right, that was on the 64. Because what happened was I had Mario RPG, and then I immediately skipped Paper Mario, and I went to Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Ah, okay. And that one, I really appreciated. I, I really liked that one, so. Yeah. For when I didn't have it in 64, uh, I had some friends who had it, but the whole paper thing uh, just wasn't an aesthetic that I really liked, so I never really paid much attention to it. Uh, but I did, so I haven't played this one, but I have watched a, uh, a playthrough of the game, and it, it's 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 fun. It's mm. it's a, it's actually a really funny game. There, there's some really good comedy in it. Mm. It's kind of a trend with the Paper Mario series. Yeah, is, yeah. Is really they're, they're funny silly. dialogue, but it's uh, it's pretty neat. So this composer Yuka Tsujioka has done a number of things. It looks like they're mostly attached to Fire Emblem and Paper Mario and stuff like that. Mm. So they started out doing music in Fire Emblem Gaiden in 1992, Battle Clash in 92, Tetris Attack in 96. They were assistant music composer, Super Famicom Wars in 1998. They were sound assistant. Mm. Uh, and then everything, almost everything from here on up is either Fire Emblem or Paper Mario, Pokemon Picross in 2015. Uh, and then finally, the last music composition they have here is Fire Emblem Heroes in 2017. Hmm. Okay then. So I guess we'll immediately jump over to our next track, which is Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. And this came out on the GameCube in 2004. This track is called Rogue Ports Underground City. And this is by Yoshito Hirano and Yuka Sugioko. <laughs> back and that was paper mario the thousand year door that came out on the gamecube in 2004 and the track was rogue ports underground city by yoshito harano and yuka tsujiyoko so paper mario thousand year door is the first sequel to the paper mario series mm -hmm. 
and it's really good. I've actually played through this one, finished it. No, oh, no, nice. I can't even remember when I played through it, but it was, <laughs> I think, during the Wii era because I think I played it on my Wii. Oh wow! The whole plot is uh, Mario is trying to get these seven crystal stars and save Princess Peach yet again from a group called the X Knots. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And there's three different, like, evil witches that you also fight. And what's really cool is that Peach ends up getting possessed by this, like, shadow version of herself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's kind of what happens. So it's a pretty interesting story. Some really cool characters. There's this character called Goombella. Mm-hmm. Who's kind of like a tomboyish, like female Goomba, Goomba, yeah. Who always wants to like go on an adventure and is like obsessed with Mario and everything. Yep. There's a Yoshi who just has like a fluff of hair. <laughs> oh, Vivian is uh, one of the Shadow Sirens. There's these three different evil witch characters called the Shadow Sirens that are in this game. They're kind of like the antagonists. Yeah. One is named Marilyn. One is named Vivian, and the last one is named Dupless. And Vivian actually was a transgendered woman, but the English translation, they changed her to be cisgendered. But this character has been, like, a lot of praise has been brought to it because it's, like, one of the first transgendered characters in video games, other than, of course, um, Poison. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe Poison came first, and then, well, yeah, definitely Poison came first, and then it was... uh, Vivian, I don't think there were any others, but there could be. I just hmm. don't recall any off the top of my head. This was probably the most memorable of the characters. I think she ends up turning on the other Shadow Sirens hmm. in the game. So it's it's pretty cool. Really great plot, some really fun, cool, different characters. It's recommended. So the track, what did you think of it? Uh, it was kind of like floaty and dreamy almost. Twinkly. Uh, twi- yeah, uh, twinkly, I guess, uh, I, I guess you could say. Floaty, dreamy, twinkly, and then um, bashful, <laughs> sneezy, <laughs> dopey. You know, I knew you were going there too. <laughs> doc, doc. Just, it's just this track is so doc. <laughs> it's very doc. <laughs> There's an aspect to it that feels like it wants to be a chip tune. Okay. Which, uh, which I also really like because I'm I very much enjoy chip tunes. Wow, how did I get in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I. So this game uh, is another one that I have not played, but I have uh, I have seen a playthrough. Um, so much like I haven't finished certain games, I haven't finished the play- watching the playthrough on this one. Oh. I think it's about two thirds of the way through, but it looks like a lot of fun, more so than the first Paper Mario game. Mm. Like the first Paper Mario was was really neat, but this one, the, like with the X knots and just like the the story and the way that things go, this one looks to me a lot more interesting. So. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's really good. I have nothing but fond memories of playing it. I don't, uh, like I said, I do not remember when I played it, but I do remember playing it all the way through and uh, just really enjoyed it. There are some parts where I'm really kind of like, where do I go? What do I do? So there was a lot of that, but uh, overall I was was pretty happy with the end result for the game. Yeah. So we already talked about Yuka Tsujiyoko, so we'll talk about Yoshito Hirano who started off very similar, working on Fire Emblem in 2003 mm-hmm. under sound support, Advance Wars 2 Black Hole Rising in the same year. After Paper Mario 1000 Year Door, they went on to do basically Fire Emblem games and Advance Wars games. 
final game that they worked on as sound director was Advance Wars Days of Ruin in 2008. Nice. Yeah. Next up, <laughs> we have Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. That was the 2005 Nintendo DS game. Yeah. And the track we're going to hear is Dark Dungeon by Yoko Shimomura. GM Radio. Welcome back. That was Dark Dungeon on Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, which was a Nintendo DS game that came out in 2005. The composer on that one was Yoko Shimomura, and I thought it was really funky. That was such a great track. Thank you. I was digging that. Mmm. Love that funky harpsichord bass. Yeah, right? Doga-doga-doga. <laughs> ah, oh, so good. And then I really, really enjoyed hearing the rest of the melodies kind of brought out as the track went on. That yeah, was a really right? nice touch. That, that, that's, that's what I was just going to bring up. Like, it's very, very much, you know, the, the underworld theme mm-hmm. and that, that funky style. And then as you get deeper, you get the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Mm-hmm. And all these other melodies come in and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. There's so much more to this track. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good that it, like, builds up like that. And those synths are like really warm mm-hmm. almost like a warm analog synth kind of style not yeah, quite yeah, yeah. moog not quite moog yeah so mario and luigi partners in time this is the, i think the second game in the series it, it's considered a prequel slash sequel because you've got time travel and stuff uh you've got mario and luigi you've got baby mario and baby luigi and i Ugh. believe baby peach as well yeah yeah all these oh, the baby characters all no. these babies no. But, so unlike the previous game, Superstar Saga, this one is not set in the Bean Bean Kingdom, but in the Mushroom Kingdom. Sure. So this game starts out with our favorite mad scientist inventor, Professor right. E. Gad. Yes, from Luigi's uh, Mansion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he has just invented a time machine that is powered by a gem called the Cobalt Star, which 
actually sounds like something out of Thousand Year Door, those those crystal stars. Mm. But he uh, he takes it to Peach's castle to show it off and, and demonstrate it. She goes into the time machine, but doesn't come back. In her place, mm. she, she doesn't come back, but in her place is this alien thing called a shroob. Mm. S-H-R-O-O-B. <laughs> so, and, and with that shroob in the machine, the time machine has been damaged. So, like, it, they, they use it once and it messes up the machine. It does, she doesn't come back and there's this mm. thing in it. And then you come to find out the Mushroom Kingdom of the past has been invaded by these shroobs mm. uh, and Peach has been kidnapped by them, which is why she didn't come back. So Interesting. You fight a monster, a time hole opens, the hole in time, <laughs> leaving a passageway to the past. So Mario and Luigi... Uh, of course, jump in. You end up uh, you know, meeting your, your baby selves uh, and baby Bowser and whatnot. And you don't know that you need to restore the Cobalt Star and find all the shards, but unwittingly you do that throughout the course of the game. Mm. Uh, and then uh, I'm not going to ruin the game for you. Go, go play it. It's, it's not Chrono Trigger, so go play it. <laughs> I am... I don't know. <laughs> I, this intrigues me up to the baby stuff. Yeah. I really can't stand any of the Baby Bowser stuff. Baby Bowser, Baby Mario. I, I tolerated not... it in Yoshi's Island. Mm. I, I will no longer tolerate babies in my games. <laughs> I have a baby. Fair, Fair enough. I mean... And she cries all the time. I... How much can a baby actually do in a video game? Like, how much are they going to make this Baby Mario thing well, and Baby see, Luigi Well, see, you have work? babies on leashes, and then when there's something across the ravine, you take the baby, you throw the baby across oh. the ravine, it grabs the cobalt star, and then right. you pull it back. Got it, got it. That so it's like, um, it's more like a tool. Right, 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 right. It's like the hook shot in Zelda. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Just right. with the baby on the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking no about. No idea. Uh, I just really love this track. So it's like, if I yeah. have to listen to this track, if I have to listen to more of this soundtrack just to play through this game, then I might do that. Because yeah. I want context. You know, listening to a soundtrack on its own is cool, but like, you kind of want context. Like, where does this play in the game? Right, right. You know, like, when do I get to hear this track? So, And I will say, the, the game scored fairly well. Mm. I mean... We're looking at, I think the lowest score I see here is an 8.25 out of 10. Okay. So, so it is supposedly a good game. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's got babe, the baby characters in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm, uh... <laughs> Let's take a call. We got a Patreon hotline oh, call. Hey. Thank you, Janine, for forwarding that over. Caller, you're on the air. What can we do for you? Hey, Mike and Justin, the messenger here. I I was calling to see if you guys could play Mysteries of the Cave from Mario and Luigi Dream Team. That would be uh, super cool, guys. No, you're super cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You see what I did there? I do. I pulled a Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's listen to Alex's pick, which is from Mario and Luigi Dream Team on the 3DS. This game came out in 2013, and this is a Yoko Shimomura jam called Mysteries of the Cave.
Welcome back. That was Alex Messenger's pick of the episode Mario and Luigi Dream Team from the 3DS in 2013. The track was called Mysteries of the Cave and it was by Yoko Shimamura. And I just want to ask, are you sure that was the right track and not something off the Halloween soundtrack or <laughs> The Exorcist or something? I was going to say it reminds me of something from like Parasite Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got that very kind of haunting but also melodic kind of vibe yeah. going for it with those like kind of twinkly strings you know yeah yeah for yeah. someone for 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 someone who says that Yokoshimamura spans many genres you sure did pick another Yokoshimamura soundtrack to call out I did Parasite <laughs> exactly. one and two yeah you yeah, know yeah. no that that's actually really fair though because the soundtrack to that game mm. has sort of a similar vibe to to that to this track yeah it's definitely like a mysterious song yeah 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 so it fits with the with the name the of the track, yeah, Mysteries <laughs> yeah. of the Cave. So you can kind of like picture, even if you haven't played this one, which I have not played this one because we talked about it earlier, yeah. but it does kind of make you think in the back of your head what to experience or what you would mm. see if you were listening to this track while playing the game. Yeah, I get a couple different things off of this one. For one, I get, like I was saying, sort of like almost a thriller movie vibe Yeah. for like the, like the suspense and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also get probably still in that that thriller type movie genre but like when the protagonists or protagonist or protagonists are together and trying to like solve a mystery and they're just like almost like a montage of like oh well, we've got this and that putting all the things together mm. and then trying to solve something trying to solve a mystery, mystery in a Cave. Well, I mean, the mystery part. Of it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get cave off of this, but I mean that that's that's neither here nor there. That that doesn't it's, matter. It's got a little bit of. Caviness. No, I suppose. I, I mean, of. there's a little bit of reverb in there. Yeah, uh, that that could be cave-like. I mean, I don't, I don't dismiss the cave, the cave portion to say that there's like, oh, this is mistitled. I just mean like, it doesn't matter whether or not you get cave out of this. Song. Right, like, right, right. It, Sound-wise, it, it, it's more mysterious, less caviness. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it plays in a cave, so it fits what you're doing. Sure. <laughs> so we talked about the game already, and we talked about Yoko Shimomura, so yeah. I guess we'll move on to our next game. All right. Which is kind of a retread, but this is my pick for Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Again, came out in Super NES in 1996. This track is Still the Road is Full of Dangers by Yoko Shimomura. Thank you. 
Salutations, traveler. My name is Tino, and I'm mysterious. Everyone wants to know what I've been up to since Super Mario RPG. Well, I settled down with Anna Kornikova. Yes, the famous tennis player who also happens to be gorgeous. I mean, of course I did. I'm so mysterious. Ladies friggin' love mystery. Anyways, we made a few little genos and genets and settled down in our home that I built with my bare hands in Rosetown. How did I build it? It's a mystery. So, I bet you're wondering, what does this have to do with pizza? Well, I still needed a day job. So, my wife, Anna Kornikova, suggested I open up my own pizza place in the Mushroom Kingdom. And thus, Papacino's was born. My pizza is made with a coal-burning stove, and all my ingredients are fresher than fresh. Now, I bet you're wondering, but Gino, isn't there already a franchise called Papacino's, but it's spelled with an I instead of an E? Why, yes, random person, that's correct. However, we're better than them in every way, so they can go suck an egg. Whoa, sorry about that. Lost my mysterious composure there. So, I bet you're also wondering, but Gino, do you feed Anna Kornikova pizza every night in bed? You bet your sweet baby mallows I do, baby. So, come on down to the Mushroom Kingdom and experience Papa Gino's pizza. You'll get the first pizza for half off if you order two. And remember kids, it's the Gino with an Eno, not a Gino. Place your order today by calling 1-800-255-3700. And hey, if the pizza isn't there in 20, blame Smithy. Welcome back to XVGM Radio, and that was Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. This is the second song we're playing from the soundtrack from the Super NES 1996 classic. The track was still The Road is Full of Dangers by Yoko Shimomura. There is a The Road is Full of Dangers yeah, no, song. <laughs> so this is still. still yep. And the difference is this song is totally different. Yeah, like, yeah. it is a totally different song, yep. which is weird. You would think that, like, they would speed it up or whatever, you know, the previous track. But, uh, yeah. yeah, this one is really fun. It's <laughs> just so much fun to listen to. It doesn't make me feel like there's danger, though. Like, if this is the song playing mm. when I left in my house and there were dangers on the road, <laughs> yeah. I'd be dead. Yeah, like, oh, this is great. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I do like this one. It's just... Mm. it. <laughs> the title I don't feel fits the song. I agree. It's way too happy. Yeah, yeah. This is like borderline Genesis twarmpy bass. Really? Yeah. That that. I don't know. It's like yeah. it's got like a it's like a like a synth bass. It's like kind oh, of okay. farty. You know. It's like <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. They must they must have used a weird um a weird sample for it. it must have been a weird compression or something. Yeah. So. It didn't sound bad. It just no. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. It's. I liked it. I mean, you can't go wrong with galloping bass. Yep. But yep. I thought that the rest of the instrumentation was really top notch, yes. and especially the xylophone. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed the um, percussion on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was digging it, and I love like the it's it's almost like what the sound of birds chirping would be if it was music. 
you know the that that's okay. very like nutcrackery yeah, in yeah. and of itself but then you've got like the you know the like it, it if you listen to the sample it almost sounds like birds chirping it's weird okay yeah okay i'm totally wrong i get it no no i just i mean the, you're you're noticing things that that, I, that i'm not picking up and that's that's cool but no the, this it, it's just it's such a such a fun playful track mm. uh, and i don't know what i would do without it you don't know what you do without it <laughs> is this like one of those like uh, if you were on a deserted island like no we answered those questions on a website I know we did but I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying like I don't see your destiny in this song it's probably for the best <laughs> uh, with that I mean we've talked about this game we've yep. talked about the composer to death yes I think we are ready to roll into our finale yeah yeah so our final track is your pick, right? Yep. What do you got for us? So my last pick of the night is going to be from another Mario and Luigi game on the DS system. So this is Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, Nintendo DS 2009 release. The track is called Tough Guy Alert, or They're Pretty Tough, We Should Be Careful, <laughs> by Yoko Shimomura. Welcome back. That was the final track, which was Tough Guy Alert 
or they're pretty tough, we should be careful. That came off of 2009's Mario & Luigi Bowser's Inside Story on the Nintendo DS and was composed by our prolific composer of the night, Yoko Shimomura. <laughs> this is a fun track. Yeah. Uh, this was very busy track. Yes. There, there's sort of a lot going on here. Very, um, I, felt, I felt very rushed. I felt like I had to get to the dentist really quick. Yeah, no, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about tough guys in this song. Although, yeah. With some of the, the instruments in this track, I don't know that I really get a tough guy vibe. But, you know, I mean, tough guys are different in the Mario and Luigi world. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. All the uh, bad guys are usually very fun. Yes, yes. Very silly. So this, this game is a weird one. It's called Bowser's Inside Story because you are inside Bowser for the story. Gross. Totally gross. Any every way, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the game opens up with this disease called the Blorbs. But so the the Blorbs is this disease, uh, and like when when toads get infected with it, they just sort of inflate like a balloon and then okay. roll around uncontrollably. Huh. So it's like a weird inflation fetish thing. That's hot. Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. What? I mean, peanut butter. Yeah, and handcuffs. Yeah. So there's a there's a council called at Princess Peach's castle to try to discuss this pandemic and figure stuff out. Starlo, recurring character from the the games. Okay. Is a representative from the Star Sprites that shows up and uh, at the meeting it's discovered that all of those affected had previously eaten a blorb mushroom. <laughs> Weird how you get this disease called the blorbs from these mushrooms called blorb mushrooms. Right. Who would have thought? Oh man, totally gonna get wacky on the blorb mushrooms, <laughs> man. I'm gonna if be by wacky you mean the, I'm gonna rolling be, around your basement I'm, like a balloon. I'm gonna be blorbing up the town, man. You would. But uh, the, the Toads got these blorb mushrooms from some salesman named Fawful. That's uh, from Mario and Luigi Superstar. Superstar yep. Yeah. So once enough Toads and people of the Mushroom Kingdom are sufficiently incapacitated, Bowser then invades the castle, attempting to kidnap Peach, as he always does, but is swiftly defeated by Mario and thrown out. <laughs> he finds himself in the woods, where he's tricked by Fawful into, into eating a vacuum shroom. It causes him to mindlessly inhale everything in sight. Oh boy. Um, he ends up inhaling Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Starlo, and a bunch of other people before he just passes out. This is like a ton of weird fetish stuff. It like, really isn't is. Isn't this like vore? I was just going to say, now you've got inflation, you've got vore. Oh my goodness. With everybody gone, Fawful proceeds to take over Peach's castle. Couldn't they just keep it simple with just peanut butter and handcuffs? I mean, really. It would have been so much more simple. Game would have been over in like five minutes. Yeah. But from that point on, you know, uh, Fawful's taking over the over the castle, and Mario and Luigi and everybody else that's inside Bowser have to make their way through the dungeons that are inside of Bowser. <laughs> but yeah, and that, that's the basic plot of the game. There's a lot okay. more to it, but you're, it's Bowser's inside story because you are, you know, you're stuck inside Bowser and you're right. trying to get out huh. and save the kingdom. Wacky. That so is this it. is another Yoko Shimomura jam. Yep, yeah. it is. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. We have one more track to play for you, which we'll play at the end. It's from Paper Mario Color Splash, which is the only other game that we haven't covered, aside from the remake of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Right, right. With the Bowser's, Bowser's Minions. Minions, yep. right. So we didn't talk about that game, but uh, we wanted to include Color Splash because it is uh, technically the final game in the Paper Mario series up to date. So that came out in 2016 on the Wii U. And the soundtrack is by Shigemitsu Goto, Fumihiro Isobe, and Takeru Kanazaki. So we're not going to go into those composers at this point just because it is an outro track. We just kind of threw this one in. Mm -hmm. Regarding the game itself, just to really briefly 
touch on it. It is a sequel to Paper Mario Sticker Star. It is the final Wii U game that was developed by Intelligent Systems. The whole point of the game is Mario is trying to retrieve the big paint stars mm. and rescue Peach from Bowser yet again. So that <laughs> is what's up. But yeah, I have never even heard of this game. I may have heard of it in passing, but I didn't even know it existed. And we totally forgot it on our list until the very last minute. And then yep. I was like, oh, wow, we totally forgot a game. <laughs> so, you know, there's different moments in this game where you on the world map where you get to race Shy Guy. Oh, nice. I don't know, but he's called Shy Bandit Oh, in this one. Yeah. You get a paint hammer. That's the ability that you have now, which can fill in colorless spots. Hmm. So that's the whole point is to use the very different paint, like red, yellow, blue, all that sort of stuff. You strike different like landmarkings or whatever with the hammer and then, you know, determine what kind of paint is used and then, you know, it pretty much is. So the name of the track for this one that we're going to go out on is called Your Answers, Please. And it is a fun little throwback with trumpets all up in this. So I think you guys will really enjoy this track. Favorite songs of the night, including the outro song. Justin, what do you think? I'm going to go with my Weapons Factory pick from Super Mario RPG Legend of Seven Stars. That's fair. There's been a lot of stuff this evening that's been That sounded really the good. most different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, that, that one tops it for me. I have two picks for favorite tracks. One is the Mario and Luigi Dream Team Victory in the Dream World, the one that had those very uplifting melodies with the uh, synth hits. That track was really, really good. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, I love yeah. that song. The other one that I would pick for my second pick would be Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, the Dark Dungeon track with that funky underground Mario theme, the one that kind of keeps it building. I love that oh, track. Yeah, that was yeah. a fantastic pick. So yeah. that is, those are my picks. Nice. Yeah. So what did you think of this episode and what did you think for your favorite pick? Let us know on our various social media. So, we'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon patrons, without whom this show's continued improvement would be impossible. They are Alex Messenger, Scott McElhone, Cam Worma, Chris Murray, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Jordan and Anson Davis, Chris Myers, Peter Panda, Brad Austin, The Autistic Gamer 89, and John Mixmaster Jekyll. If you would like to become a patron, you can sign up at patreon.com slash xvgmradio. There you can see the different tiers as well. Just $1 gets you a thank you and access to our monthly live shows. You can visit our website, xvgmradio.com, where you can listen to all the episodes and learn more about your hosts, as well as any of our guests or composers that we've had on the show. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can always email us at xvgmradio at gmail.com. And if you'd like what you've heard, please consider giving us a rating on iTunes and a review. You can also join our Facebook group and chat with other VGM lovers at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash xvgmradio, where we talk about everything from current game news to sharing awesome VGM tracks or just talking about the podcast itself. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle for both of those sites is at XVGM Radio. If you don't have any other social media or just want to try something unique, check us out on our Discord group chat. Links will be in the show notes. Before we get around to closing out, want to do a quick corrections corner from our last episode on the Namco 163 chip. 
the last track that we played was a track from Final Lap, and we had said that the composer was Mrs. or Mr. Unknown, and Ed Wilson was actually kind enough to provide us with the information on who the composer actually is. Their name is Junya Kozakai. And uh, just to go over the information for Junya real quick, started off with Road Spirits in 1991, uh, Pizza Pop in 92, Cyberspin in 92, Gururin in 94, and Rystar was his final game in 95, which he uh, programmed. Nice. So, next episode. Next episode. Are we going to unveil it? Are we going to do it? Are we going to tease our listeners? Tune in in two weeks for an amazing episode. It's a composer interview, and it's a composer interview that I think people will be really interested in. I have been excited to release this one since we did it. Yes. And it is going to be awesome. So stay tuned in two weeks. But until then, this is Mike and Justin signing off for XVGM Radio. Beach's castle to show it off and, and demonstrate it. She goes into the time machine, but doesn't come back. Um, so it's Chrono Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how how dare you make that comparison? How, how dare, dare I be, sully the name? How of dare How dare I be that right? You mean? I mean, think about it. Uh, they, they meet them. They meet. They they meet their baby selves in the in the Mushroom Kingdom of the past. See, I think. What happened was they were originally from the Mushroom Kingdom, and then they got brought to New to York. War. Yeah, and then they got brought back to the Mushroom. I don't know. Isn't, the that, whole isn't that what happened lore. in the movie? Didn't we find that out in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that movie. <laughs> yeah. No, that that is canon. Yeah, the movie is canon. Then there you go. <laughs> but Daisy is wildly different in that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, she, you know, She's, doesn't yeah. sound like you know, Daisy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you were looking at me like I just proposed that we go get some handcuffs and eat some peanut butter. Uh, I <laughs> See mean, how I set you up? You, you did. You <laughs> totally did. 
set me up and knock me down. That's right. Every time. One day the fans are going to take a stand. That's right. <laughs> Get that peanut butter away from Justin right now. Take those handcuffs off of him. All right. We are getting into weird territory with this.